Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any other MP3 player that you might have. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Ryan Johnson has been anointed the new master of the Star Wars universe as of today, people. And I am so excited to share this with you and talk about all the news in the Star Wars universe because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, November 10th, 2017, episode 49 of the Wretched Hive. My name is Steve Baldwin. The entire hive is with me tonight. I am so pleased to introduce my Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. 49. Man, we are hitting up on our our silver anniversary, I believe, as far as podcasts out there. And there's so much to talk about. But first of all, I just want to get it out there. I'm trying my hardest to get it in Steve's head that the name is actually Ryan's. Mr. Johnson's name is Ryan's. And I say that only because whenever Steve introduces it, I want him to say Ryan's Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan's Johnson is making a new Star Wars movie. Some guys. Ryan's Johnson is a great director. (laughs) His his work is all junk. It's all junk. (laughs) You know, the actors are just so stiff. (laughs) I've I've heard that working with them is pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Also joining the show tonight, lifelong Star Wars fan. That's right, he's back, Scotty Vansky. Oh, Steve, thank you so much. It's been a long time, but I'm letting the Wookiee loose tonight. That's all I have to say. Can't did, wait. Did you just did you just fondle the microphone there? I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, it's a visual. It's a visual thing. Just, audio just show. Fond- Scott, audio he show. just fondled Ryan's Johnson. I did. I got the Wookiee <laughs> and Ryan's Johnson. Also joining the show tonight, he is the captain of the Millennial Falcon, Nico Rodriguez. Hurrah, <laughs> 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 Welcome aboard, everybody. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on with this show. It's such a weird pre-show. He's yeah. so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited. There's pretty much nowhere to uh, go but down after Ryan's Johnson. Oh. You know, you know, you know, in in Pulp Fiction, when John Travolta is trying to find out where Uma, Uma Thurman's voice is coming from, <laughs> and he's just walking around. He's like, "Uh, hello." <laughs> That's Nico right now. Just completely actually, whacked out and on smack. Actually, we can go down a little further than than we have, and let's do it. And finally. Oh, to all of his love slaves out there. We have. <laughs> he is here in the flesh, baby. Dave! A man who calls himself the ultimate object of desire. Under no circumstances. The mountain of molten lust. 
Should you ever? The ultimate male. <laughs> and I mean. Call him! The ultimate meatball! Harry! The one and only! Potter! Thunder lips! (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. My God. Well, what do you say to that? Good morning, good (laughs) afternoon, good evening to you, wherever and whenever you are listening to us. Thank you very much. We are 5 by 5 tonight. Although with all the alcohol, we may be about six or seven by seven at this point. <laughs> I don't know how many fingers Scott's holding up, but okay, I can't do whatever. that, Dave. Just one, Dave. Just one. Just for one. All of us. I know. Just one for all. <laughs> I think it's more for me than the rest of you, but it's okay. So I do have I do have a trivia question for Scott, though. Yes. Oh. What is Yoda's first name? What the fuck? <laughs> wow, I think you I think you stumped him. Holy crap. Um that is incorrect. I have no no, I'm pretty sure it's holy crap. I have no idea. Uh, African Mix. or European? Mm. Wait, what? Mixelplex. It's Mitch. It's it's got popped on me today by one of my coworkers. It's Mitch? It, Mench. Mench. Yeah. Okay. Mench. You can look it up. It's on the internet. It's true. Hang on, I gotta <laughs> stop a barking dog. Alright, what Man random EU book... Wait, 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 wait. It's on the internet, so it's no. true? So is the president. Yeah, it was That's apparently, not true, right? It was apparently in one of the first story treatments that Lucas or somebody wrote for The Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. And it migrated out, thankfully, as the, as the project progressed along. But it, it's in there, it's out there. Yoda has a first name, and it's Mench. Wow. You know, I always thought it would be cool if Yoda was a title. You know, like Jesus, like Christ, or, yeah. you know. I, I always thought, I, I always wondered if maybe Yoda is a title you give to the most senior Jedi. But well, he actually has they were, a first name. Hmm. They were throwing trivia questions at me because they found out about our upcoming trivia night, of course. Hmm. And I, I, I did wow them by getting two, two of the four questions they gave me right. Uh, which, which were what? How much money did Harrison Ford make to play Han Solo in the original movie? No clue. Oh man, how much? Uh, for, I'm probably wrong, but for some reason, five hundred thousand pops in. I don't even think it's that. I'd, mm. I'd say less. Seventy-five thousand. Lower. Twenty-five. Lower. Oh. One dollar. Fifteen. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Oh. Okay, what was the what was the other question? What was the budget of the original Star Wars movie? Nineteen million dollars. Eleven. Eleven million dollars. Eleven thousand dollars. Yeah, eleven thousand dollars. After they paid and, Han and Solo, most, they only had Most of it went to Harrison Ford. But <laughs> wow, so I was able I was able to get those two right at least, so I, I redeemed myself a little bit. But yeah, there was they were they were throwing some good stuff okay, around. So the other would, one was. What the three you got wrong? Uh, the, well, the other one, well, there were four total that they threw at me, and the other one I got wrong was what famous rapper auditioned for a significant role in a, in the Star Wars movies? Significant, significant rapper auditioned for a role in the Star Wars movie. Was it Fifty Cent? 
I, I was it say, was not 50 Cent, but that is not a bad guess. Hmm. Uh, I was going to say Kanye West. I was, was going to say... It was not Kanye West. Donald Glover. <laughs> it was got not Childish Because he has one already. No, it was Tupac Shakur. Oh, really? Well, he auditioned, did. He auditioned, auditioned for Mace Windu. He auditioned for Mace Windu. Oh, that would I remember cool. that. Wow, I didn't know that, actually. Hmm. I knew that. I didn't remember it. Very nice. All right, all right, all right. That's, that's my way of doing a quick free plug, Steve, for our upcoming trivia night, which I assume you have details of at your your fingertips there. It's funny you mention that, Dave, because, you know, we do have a trivia night coming up. Uh, it is Star Wars Trivia Night at Timeless Pints in Lakewood, California, coming up December 6th. That's a Wednesday night. Come out. Every Wednesday night is actually Trivia Night at uh, Timeless Pints, and they are doing it upright with the Star Wars, co-hosted by the Wretched Hive Podcast. And uh, we are writing the questions. We invite all Star Wars fans to come out to Timeless Pints on uh, Wednesday, December 6th. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you come in a Star Wars costume, you will get a discount on your beer that night. And I was over there, by the way, tonight, and uh, the wonderful Ray, who's actually been on the show when Scott and I did the remote uh, broadcast from Timeless Pints, Ray let me know that she will take a very liberal approach to the costume. So probably if you show up in a Star Wars shirt, you're going to get some sort of discount. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Wednesday, December 6th, come out, join the Wretched Hive at Timeless Pints, have a few beers, lots of laughs, and uh, learn some Star Wars trivia with the Wretched Hive. I like it. I think I'm going to be They brew them some good beer there, too, so if you're a fan of craft brews, they, um, they've got lots to choose from, and they're all tasty, tasty, tasty. Yep. In fact, I have to do a quick shout-out, guys, to uh, a couple that I had a really nice conversation with there, uh, over there tonight before the show. Uh... It was Jeff and Leslie, and I should clarify that Jeff and Leslie are not a couple, but they were just two patrons at the bar. Friends, they're actually trivia partners, and they were they were that, trying that to. That sounds uh, like a couple of some sort. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, I can't couple comment. Couple of nerds. I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, you know, I, Jeff was a huge Dodger fan, so I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Suggest, oh dear God! Suggest. Are we going to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, Are we, we going to talk we, about that again. We cried a little bit in our beer together. Jeff actually went to game one, two, six, and seven. Wow! wow. So he was hardcore. Um, but uh, and Leslie had just come back from spending a week with Ray in Paris. Wow. So that's how the conversation got started. I overheard them talking about some podcast that was hosting the uh, trivia night, and I turned around and said, "Hey, that's my show." And, um, and then you're like, nerds! Right. And Jeff, Jeff was trying to buy me beer to get access to the early access to the questions. Oh, Well, he's yeah. a, clearly a very smart man. Yeah. Uh, Jeff actually also got a, a huge shout-out for him. Get this. Told a great story. He was in the Navy and was in a submarine, out deployed, when 9-11 happened. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. And so he didn't find out the extent of the damage and everything until about a week after. Uh, but they, they were running drills, and they obviously had to change their plans and everything. But he uh, had some really interesting stories to tell about that. So if you find Jeff on Trivia Night, 
uh, super great guy, and thank you for your service, Jeff. Well, thank God I didn't go into yeah. the village people routine right there. <laughs> coming up on um, coming up on uh, Veterans Day, so to Jeff and any other veterans out there, actually, I think we should just give a quick shout out. Thank you for your service. And, yes, uh, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. Of course. Great point. That's tomorrow as the show airs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's today as the show airs. It's tomorrow as of today when we're recording the show. Oh. It's Thursday. <laughs> we're recording on a Thursday. Just Hang on. Math is hard. I'm, I'm <laughs> Thursday I'm, the 9th. I'm, I'm texting Mrs. Lent to walk in and smack Greg right now. No, no, no. It's, as <laughs> the show here. airs, it's tomorrow. It's for, uh, Saturday the 11th is Veterans Day, correct? Was oh, it Saturday the 11th? Yes. Yes. Yep. Oh, I thought it was tomorrow. Courts no, are closed it, tomorrow. It's observed tomorrow, but Veterans Day is always on the 11th. There we go. It's observed there tomorrow. And with that confusing <laughs> bit of information, we'll just let you know, you can find us if you want to find out more about the show or find out uh, where to find us on Wednesday, December 6th at Timeless Pints. You can go to our home on the web. That's www.theretchedhive.net. You can also check us out on social media. We're all over Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast on Twitter at Wretched Hive Pod. And lastly, you can leave us a voicemail on the Wretched Hive Hotline. That's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. Leave us a message and there's a really good chance it's going to get played on the air. And we haven't had any voice messages in a long time. So give us a call. Let us know what you're up to, Wretched Hive listeners. Please. All right. So, guys, uh, oh, we have a very special edition of Star Wars Choices. Let's do this. It's a little game we like to call Star Wars Choices. Think of a hard choice you'll face in the near future. It's true. Okay, would you rather be intimate with a Wookiee? Choose wisely. Or be intimate with Ula, but Jabba gets to watch. I just assumed he's a Star Wars Choices on the Wretched Hive Podcast. And uh, Greg, I'm going to let you take it from here. This song just makes me want to dance. That's what it does. <laughs> makes me want to dance. Oh, yeah. So uh, it is a very special edition of Choices tonight, guys. And th- Steve, I thank you for letting me uh, take the reins on this one. As you know, I spend a lot of time surfing the Reddits for Star Wars news, getting that deep, deep scoop, the, the really hard-hitting facts of Star Wars I like to dive into. And across Reddit, I found a posting that was a, 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 a man was introducing his significant other to the Star Wars franchise, and he had had a stack of Blu-ray DVDs that he had held up there, and he was going to show them to, to her. And the question that had came up from the Reddit followers there in the, in the following comments following that post was, what order do you show the Star Wars movies to this person? In what order do you go? Starting from what and ending on what? And I had, and there was a very interesting post that I really liked the way this order went. And I'm going to begin here. And the choice for you guys is what order do you introduce the Star Wars saga? So the order that I'm going to in- open up with is as follows. Starting with Episode 4, New Hope. Moving on to Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. And then, going into Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, 
and ending on Return of the Jedi, excluding altogether the Phantom Menace. Wow. And what that does, in watching it in that order, if you think about it, you don't lose the surprise of Darth Vader being the father of Luke and Leia. It still makes sense. Then after that reveal is made, you get to see kind of the origin story of Darth Vader kind of in a flashback-type format. You end with the big happy ending of Return of the Jedi, and you don't have to suffer through one minute of Jar Jar Binks. Well, there's a couple minutes, because he's, he's briefly yeah. in episodes two and three, but none of the bullshit is in there for Jar Jar Binks. I right. like it, but you. I like it, but you start with Rogue One. Yeah, see, that was the flaw in this is because it didn't include. Um, it was a little dated because it did not include Rogue One or or Force Awakens. Neither one, neither of those was in there. So, so I, I think we limit this to the. And I and I'm open to throwing Menace in there in some form or another, but I liked the fact that you could have a coherent story from beginning to end without ruining any of the major surprises. So I'll jump in. I I actually like that, and I've long been recommending uh, four, five, one, two, three, six. One, two, three, six. So you're very close to that. You just throw Menace in there as well. Very close to that because uh, um, The Phantom Menace is – I have a soft place in my heart for that movie as much as it's bad. I like The Phantom Menace. There's some good stuff in there. I like the – the Anakin Padme, the first time they meet, I like having that in there. I like seeing young Obi Wan. I think um, Ewan just does a great, great job with that character. You got to deal with Jar Jar, um, but you know there's a lot to love about the Phantom Menace. I love the music. Uh, you get some Darth Maul. Actually, you're totally missing out on Darth Maul mm-hmm. uh, by by leaving out uh, Phantom Menace. Um, yeah. And- that that's the argument is you lose you lose Maul and you lose Qui Gon Jinn as well. Yeah. Both of those characters you lose completely. But by the same token, they're not mentioned in any way, shape, or form for the entire rest of the trilogy. No, so they're in true. that first movie, but they're they're not. There's a couple of passing mentions of Qui Gon, and then it's like at the end at the end of at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he says, "Oh, your old master is is learned to speak from the dead," and you could totally. I mean, you could just understand that as it is, because they say it's your old master Qui Gon Jinn. It's not like it's just this name just thrown out of nowhere. That's also one of my problems with the original trilogy is the way that they force feed everything to you. It it would force yeah. feed. Yeah, yeah, well played. I I also like the um the addition of Rogue One in the beginning. I I like that. I actually think you can hold off if you're introducing folks to the trilogy if they've never seen the movies i think you can hold off on the force awakens for now i kind of like that but uh, i would add road rogue one in there i think it adds some context to the rest of the original trilogy that is not there otherwise sorry dave go ahead i i don't think you're sorry at all first of all (laughs) (laughs) i'm really not sorry (laughs) i knew it but no i was gonna say isn't that uh isn't that the machete order that's exactly right. That's, a, that's okay. exactly right. That's the machete okay. order. All right. I was just going to say that sounded really, really familiar. But it, it, uh, it is outdated, to Nico's point, because you don't have Rogue One. You don't have The Force Awakens in there. But I, 
I mean, if you're going to do it, like, are we really just throwing the Phantom Menace out? I, I That's the part I've never liked about it. Are we really just pretending that that didn't, that didn't happen and it was just a big, complete, colossal waste of time? Well, I think, I think that the theory behind it is that it's somebody who's never seen Star Wars, and so if you throw that in there, especially if you throw that in there too early, it turns them off to the rest of the series. So if you put that and you get them a complete story... And then, oh, do you want to know about the guy who trained Obi-Wan? Then you throw in um, Phantom Menace. So if you're showing the Star Wars universe to an adult, uh, I don't think it would be smart to watch in uh, numerical order, right? So you don't want to start with (laughs) one and two. Because, like, why am I going to waste another ten hours on this after those two pieces of crap, right? Um, Yeah. I love four and five. Uh, mm-hmm. Leading off because not only because it's the way that we were introduced to the series, obviously, uh, but um, you preserve the "I am your father" moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would not recommend watching in numerical order <laughs> unless it's a kid, you know, that they're going to like Jar Jar and and some of the other unless, elements of the early movies, or if the kid is like serious OCD <laughs> and would not be able to handle watching the movies in non sequential order, yeah, because that could happen. Then all you have to do is make sure they don't know that they're numbered. Yeah, just just look away for the first 30 seconds of the crawl and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that leaving out the Phantom Menace, like, yeah, it's not everybody's favorite for sure, but there are so many things that are part of that that are... It's still Star Wars. Like, you can't just cut it out, you know? Like, yeah. it's something yeah. that we're all ashamed of, but you can't just exclude it because we don't like it. That's right. We did that with the holiday special. We can't just keep doing it to other Star Wars properties. <laughs> and see, here's the, here's the thing about the holiday special, too, is that we didn't cut it out. They took it away from us. Like, how... I mean, yeah, there's copies out there that you can find bootlegged and stuff, but, like, nobody... Like, we didn't get the option to cut that out. George took that from us. Scott and I are laughing because no, just... I haven't had my chance yet. Oh, gonna, all right, all right, I'll let you I'll, take I'll it. Wait, then. I'll wait till we're all done. Are we all done? Or yeah, go, Nico, Nico. I'm gonna jump in with uh, Nico on this one. Uh, drink, drink. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna yeah, everyone drink. <laughs> right here we go. No, whatever, whatever, whatever you say, I'm gonna jump in. It's yeah. a drink. Oh. All right, exactly. Is that is that? <laughs> did I miss that rule? Yeah, so, that's, Wretched that's... Live drinking game. Damn That's it. been going on for 45 episodes, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go. Real quick, Rogue One, Episode 4, Holiday Special, Episode 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, and the new film, 7 and 8. Well, I've got to say, if you are including the Phantom Menace, if you are including the Holiday Special, you have to include the Phantom Menace. You're goddamn right. I mean, we have we have cons- we have consensus on that, right? If you're going to include the holiday special, you have to include the Phantom Menace. Look, I want to yeah. be a I want to be a purist and have everyone watch it the way it's been originally released. I would love for that to happen, but it's just not going to happen. So I'm going to get it as close as possible. But I really want Rogue One to be that first film to go in there. It's a gritty war film. I mean, it's just it's rough mm-hmm. and it's tough. And you go right into Episode Four, you pick up where that film leaves off, and you suddenly get this amazing arcing storyline about the skywalker family so here 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 is the the question i'm going to throw out for including rogue one in all of this yeah 
does Darth Vader have the impact if that is the first time you see that character? No, he does not. No. Because that's, that's my instinct, but I just want to see what you guys, how you guys I feel about it. I think so. If that's the first time you ever saw Darth Vader, and you have no idea what he's capable of, and then you see him walking down that hallway, and he fucks everybody up, and then in episode 4, when they cut through that door, and he comes walking in, yeah. if that's the second time you're seeing Darth Vader, and you see a silhouette... Just after seeing him run through all those rebels, you're gonna be like, "Oh shit, it's about to go down." And then every time you see him, you know, later on you see him when he fights Obi Wan, then it makes it, you know, even more dramatic there. I think because you started out with your first impression of Darth Vader not being this like, "Where are your rebel scums?" Like it's him mowing through rebels, you know. I think it adds to impact. Yeah, Nico's got a great point. Or, or we get the idea that once he busts through that door, he he he's either going to go on a bloody rampage and kill more rebels, or crack off a couple puns. But I'm not quite sure where he's going to go there. So, send him choke on your ambitions. <laughs> so, so this is this is seriously like one of the most Im- impressive things to me about Star Wars. Darth Vader's screen time in Episode Four. At least originally, I haven't. I don't know if this is holds true for the special edition, but was 12 minutes out of a 120 minute film. And what kind of an impact did he have as a villain in 12 minutes? And I think that's it's got to be one of the greatest screen presence incidents in in all of cinema yeah. for him to be that defining in 12 minutes of screen time. Is it, is he the number one? AFI screen villain. He's at least top five, but is he number one? I don't. He might be number one. He's either number one. If he's not, he's number two. Uh, God, who was the <laughs> one? Hang on. Number number one. I'm taking a number two. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go AFI screen villain. So I'll just throw in number here. Uh, I I couldn't agree more with Nico. I you know, if you haven't done it yet, you need to watch the end of Rogue One. There's a video on YouTube. Someone spliced it together. The end of Rogue One and the beginning of Episode Four, the, the it scene, flows. It flows so perfectly, and they they did the color match so perfectly. But the the scene of of Darth Vader standing in the hallway of the Tanti Four after immediately having slaughtered everyone in the hallway. What do they call it? The Walk of Death, or whatever they called it mm-hmm. on set. It gives so much more weight to the fact that he's just sitting there looking at the dead troops. Uh, it's it's a genius move. It actually adds so much more weight to the character in Episode Four, yeah. having seen him kick so much ass in Rogue One. I totally agree, Nico. Yeah, I actually. So Dar- I was just joking. Dar- Darth Vader is number three on the villains list. Just so we're all clear on that. Who number the, three. Who the hell is ahead of Darth Vader? Number three. Uh, number two, I believe, is Heidi. <laughs> and uh, number one is Pollyanna, I think. Yeah. And Margaret. <laughs> yes. Or, or, old, or Old Yeller, one of the two. Could be Old Snooky Yeller. Snooky from the Jersey Shore. Snooky <laughs> from the Jersey Shore. I'll give you two hands. Um, Seriously. Mother? No, seriously, who is it? Mother? Yeah, two, two Mother. Wow. And... Norman Bates from Psycho. Ooh, that's Fa- number two? Fava number two? Beans. Number one, Fava Beans and a nice Chianti. Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter, number one. Very good. I mean, those those are fair, but I would still put Darth Vader number one. 
I mean, I can understand. I can understand the argument, but I would still put Vader at one. I, I, oh, go ahead. Since we're on Star Wars choices here, who would win in a fight, Hannibal Lecter or Darth Vader? Vader. <laughs> Vader. Vader. What if Vader couldn't use the Force or his lightsaber? Oh, damn it. <laughs> he's still a fucking robot. <laughs> or his robot arms, either. So he's, he's just, Wait, what if it was... He's a guy with no arms and no Han- legs against Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter versus Anakin right after the, the lightsaber fight. <laughs> I think Hannibal's going to be dining well that night. I'm, I'm, praying, for An- I'm praying for Hannibal. I don't, I don't know. Anakin looked a little, uh, a little rare. Mm. A little well done. What are you talking about? I, was, I thought I was going to say well done. Might be a little overcooked. <laughs> so, uh, so just to round it out, I started with the machete order, but in in my heart of hearts, I'm a purist. I go four, five, six. You go one, two, three. Mm. You do Rogue One. You do Episode Seven. That's and that that's how I saw it. That's how it should be seen in my eyes. Wait, well, wait, 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 wait. How does wow. that make you a purist? Because Rogue One came out after Episode Seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Then that's that. That's the order. I'm sorry. Boom. I, mis- I, I misspoke there. Did I beat okay. you to that, Scott? Yes. And I want to add, right. where, where's the holiday special? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> holiday special does not exist. What? It is, it is not canon. It does not, not exist. Do not take away my glorious <laughs> Mark Hamill in the most... God, you're itchy and you're lumpy. Oh. <laughs> how, do you think, how do you think Kathleen Kennedy showed her children Star Wars? Um, probably in a really nice theater yeah (laughs) Uh, you know yeah uh you know what they could do you could go you could go star wars bad star wars good and then bad you could go rogue one then you could go like the ewok adventure (laughs) then then, uh episode four that's that's like watching all of these star trek movies literally in order (laughs) And, and from episode four you go holiday special then you go uh, Empire Strikes Back. Then you go Star Wars Droids. Ooh. Droids cartoon. Oh, you're doing the animation. Oh. Yeah, mix it in there. I'm talking live action Ewoks, man. Then, then you go Episode One, and you go. You got to go Clone Wars movie. <laughs> Fuck. That, that stretch between Episode One Clone Wars movie and Episode Two. Oh, oh man, God, that's rough. That, 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 if you get through sounds, that, you're a Star Wars fan. It just that doesn't sound matter. So brutal. Yeah. So yeah. brutal. All right, Greg, are we done? I think so. Thanks, well, guys, for well indulging me. All right, guys, let's jump right into the news. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, guys, it's official. Ryan Johnson is the heir apparent to Star Wars directing for Lucasfilm Limited, that little company that's owned by Disney. Today, it was announced Ryan Johnson has closed a deal with Disney. I think to you develop mean Ryan's Johnson. Ryan's Johnson. <laughs> the small head is leading the big head. Or is it the other way around? I don't know with Ryan Johnson. Anyway, he is developing a new Star Wars trilogy, not just another film, guys. A new Star Wars trilogy and is planning a live-action Star Wars TV series. Actually, that's Disney doing the TV series, not Ryan Johnson. Uh, um, Which will air on its entertainment streaming service that's expected to launch by the end of 2019. That was announced by 
Disney chairman CEO Bob Iger, uh, who announced during the company's quarterly earnings call. The chairman and chief executive officer of the Walt Disney Company, Bob Iger. And uh, we've got a little clip here to help us all sleep well tonight. We've got uh, Disney chairman Bob Iger. Uh, This uh, was the quarterly call, quarterly webinar on November 9th, 2017. Bob Iger addressing shareholders uh, about the future of the Star Wars universe. We've got more great Star Wars movies already planned for years to come. 2019 release of Episode 9. We're very happy to announce that we've just closed a deal with Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, to develop a brand new Star Wars trilogy. We continue to make significant investments required to drive long-term growth across our entire company. In our parks and resorts, for example, we've commissioned three... All right, so uh, that was Mr. Iger. Uh, you can tell he was excited for that one. I, I, there was just something about his voice. He really perked uh, up. He was fired that. up. The chairman he was and chief executive he, he officer really of the excited. Walt Disney Company, <laughs> Bob Iger. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mr. Iger uh, speaking lots of praise about Ryan Johnson. You know, my first thought when I heard this story was episode eight must be freaking amazing. They're well, basically see- ha- they're handing the keys to the kingdom to Ryan Johnson and the film no, hasn't even no, been released no. yet. No, 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 not the whole kingdom, just Galaxy's Edge, okay? All right, fine. The mouse holds the keys to the rest of the Magic Kingdom. He's like, we'll can I have the keys Galaxy's to Frontierland Edge. too? They're like, no. He's just gonna... <laughs> <clears throat> no, but episode eight must be amazing. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy was quoted. Uh, I'm reading from Variety.com. We quote, we all love working with Ryan on The Last Jedi said Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, where he's a creative force and watching him craft The Last Jedi from start to finish was one of the great joys of my career. That is Kathleen Kennedy talking. Well, um, now we now we know why he was so quick to dismiss the rumors that he was going to step in to take over for episode nine. You know, that's what kind of what makes me happy about this is because after all of the the Josh Trank drama, after all of the Lord and Miller drama on Han Solo, and then after the Colin Trevorrow drama on Episode Nine, um, there was talk that that Gareth Edwards was was quieted, you know, about his work on Rogue One, and that you know what must be going on with Ryan Johnson. It must be horrible for him and everything like that. And then when he turned down, I guess you know, in some people's eyes, Episode Nine. Um, there was some controversy that maybe Lucasfilm is too big for their britches. They don't know really what they're doing. They're not doing it right. Um, but for him to come back and say, I'm, I'm going to develop a whole other trilogy, I think that speaks strongly to his commitment to the franchise and the franchise's commitment to him. So good on this well, announcement. I think it's very smart. His his tweet, Ryan Johnson's tweet, after this was formally announced, is fantastic. And I'm not trying to steal your tweet thunder, Greg, but he, his... Uh, 140 character response was obviously I hope you like The Last Jedi but man, now I really hope you like The Last Jedi <laughs> yeah, I did see that he great. seems like such a cool guy just yeah. a normal guy you know. he's from down here in southern Orange County, right in my neighborhood he's from San Clemente look, I just have to throw this out there I, gotta be the, I don't want to be the naysayer but I've got to be the one that throws a little bit some shade out there I have to do this just because I have a lot of high hopes for uh, Episode 8. I'm excited for Episode 8. But uh, to quote my pal, uh, Harvey Keitel, 
Come on, guys. Let's not all go sucking each other's dicks right now. So here's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we don't know what Episode Eight is going to be like. Our hopes are high. I'm excited. But there could be a possibility. Like Ryan Ryan's Johnson actually said in his tweet, uh, I hope you like it. I really do. I really hope I like it too. So let's let's uh, let's hope this is a really good movie. Well, I'm going to make one small correction to you, Scott. Yes. We do know a little bit about Episode Eight, and uh, one thing we do know: it's not going to end how you think. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's not where I was going, though. Oh. Porgs. <laughs> Porgs are everywhere, guys. And Kathleen Kennedy actually was also this week on the Star Wars show, which is a video podcast uh, released every week by. StarWars.com. She was talking to um, uh, what's her name? Gutierrez is her last name. What's no. her name? The host, Katie? I don't know. I don't know. Mench. 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 Uh, Gutierrez. <laughs> she's she's a curly uh, hair Gutierrez. And uh, the topic of the future of the Star Wars universe came up, and uh, you know what was the first thing they talked about? Cuter than a pork. It has to be a baby. A pork. baby pork. Oh my gosh! I can't uh, wait. It doesn't to get see. better than that. <laughs> baby pork. Baby Porgs. There's baby Porgs! Did you see her face Mother when she fuckers. asked that question? Seriously, guys, go watch this video and watch, what's her name, Gutierrez here. Gutierrez. Gutierrez, yeah. whatever her name is. Uh, guys, <laughs> guys, I, I I just need to all get in close here for everybody. Just, yeah. um, I'm a little worried about Steve, everybody. Can we... <laughs> Can we just make sure we keep an eye on him? I love. He might be Porgs. watching Porg porn mm. on his off time. Just check his browser history. Greg, if you look, uh, yes, look deep into your browser's camera. Look into my eyes, and I'm going to show you. I will not look away from that camera. I do not want to look <laughs> to my right and see what Steve's doing. I am so listen. Scared. I I, uh, I will admit um, <laughs> I have been looking at some pornography. Oh. <laughs> I have a bit of a problem. Oh, it's hot. It's a little sticky over here. (laughs) Uh, Also on the same show, Kathleen Kennedy uh, shared a little bit about uh, the Disney parks and other platforms that uh, Disney is really expanding into with the Star Wars universe. Think of as a park setting combined with what you might see in a movie theater. There's some really in- interesting innovation going on inside this company. Yeah. Where we started with The Void, which is Secrets of the Empire is what it's being called. And I just went through this and it is so cool. It's in a different tool in storytelling. And by telling stories differently, you'll experience stories differently. So that was the uh, augmented reality uh, walk-in attraction that is currently open, actually, at downtown oh, that's the, Disney. That's the den. Did you guys make your reservations for it yet? No, I tried, and every day that I could go, I was uh, it was sold out. Mm. So, but it is they are taking reservations now. I think it's about thirty bucks per person to go through. You wear a visor, right. and uh, you walk in with a small group. We should do this, you guys. Maybe in January after the new year when. We can all break away sometime, or during the Christmas break, maybe. Okay. Um, get over there. You you walk through this uh, sort of maze of tunnels, and you're wearing this augmented reality head- headset, and you're in battle against stormtroopers and porks uh, and porks. Thank God, <laughs> porks. Can't wait. <laughs> now, perhaps most revealing on this episode of the Star Wars show, 
Kathleen Kennedy spoke a little bit about the future uh, of Star Wars movies and uh, kind of had a big reveal here. Check this out. Where that might go, future stories beyond episode nine with these new characters, Ray, Poe, Finn, BB-8. But we're also looking at working with people that are interested in coming into the Star Wars world and taking us to places that we haven't been yet. And that's exciting, too, because it's a vast galaxy far, far away. Right. So the possibilities, the are, possibilities are endless. Awesome. Yeah. So she also mentioned here, I didn't have the clip queued up, they are, they have mapped out the next 10 years of Star Wars stories. And obviously now we know Ryan Johnson is going to play a huge... Ryan's Johnson. Ryan's Johnson. Is going to play a huge role He's going to in, play a what? in the next decade. A huge role? <laughs> Ryan's Johnson will play a huge role. <laughs> Craig is so happy right now. He's trying not that to is, laugh. That's the best. <laughs> so. Greg's... Greg's you might you might say he you might say he's okay. heading I up think the effort. He is uh, stroking his way to success <laughs> uh, in the Star Wars universe. He's. <laughs> you guys are fucking gross. <laughs> Bunch of grown ass men recording and publishing, talking about penises. Says one of the, says the grossest millennial that Penis. I know. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. maybe the only millennial that I know. I don't know. Well, look at his picture. Look at his picture. <sighs> there we go. So did we? Did, did you? Did uh, we no, talk about the? Has the TV show come up yet, or is that still coming yeah. up? Well, no, because the uh, you know along with all this, I think because it was it was in the Iger bit before actually when he would talked about um, having Ryan's Johnson do the next uh, trilogy. He also mentioned that they were developing a live-action Star Wars show to start on the Disney streaming service that's going to be coming out in 2019. So we're we're a year and, um, you know, we're probably about, I mean, not honestly, it's probably about two years. It'll probably be the, the back half of 19, but we're about two years away from a Star Wars TV show on a streaming network. Now, did they say live TV show, not animated? Live-action TV show. Yeah, live-action TV show wow. was what the announcement was for. And the other thing that was good news i thought it was good news anyway because they're obviously removing all of the star wars and disney slash marvel content from netflix so they can put it on their service but they realize they don't have the the breadth of a catalog that's on netflix and so they're not going to price it like a netflix channel they're going to price it under what netflix's model is right yeah, now. yeah he so actually like, said it would be decent. significantly less than netflix at 10.99 for the streaming service it would be a lot less than that he said yeah, that's that's good news. It's good news, assuming one of I think our other news stories to talk about tonight doesn't actually come to pass, which is the acquisition of the 20th Century Fox Film Library. Let's get into that right now because uh, that's a that's a great transition. Uh, it's going to take me a minute to jump ahead. So Steve does all these preparations and puts all these show notes together and sequences everything very carefully, and then the rest of us pay no damn attention to it whatsoever and just talk about whatever we want to talk about and it just completely we just blow it right out of the water yeah just blow it right out of the water you know what you guys are doing is training me to be uh you know you're you're you push me to my limit here guys and it's good it's good 
How, how many of us think that this is going to make... <laughs> See, I think I'm in the minority here, because the first thing you guys started talking about is the unaltered release of the of of the of the original trilogy. I don't think they give two shits about releasing that, even if they acquire 20th Century Fox. I don't think they can give two flying fucks about it. So guys, let's let's give let's get the story out there uh, accurately here. We've got from LATimes.com, and this is dated November 6th. Walt Disney Company has held talks to buy significant parts of Rupert Murdoch's 21st Century Fox media company, including its movie and television production studios and a handful of TV channels, according to two people with knowledge of the discussions who were not authorized to speak publicly. The talks, which were first reported by business news channel CNBC, have stalled. However, the courtship of the two longtime rivals underscores stiff challenges facing traditional media companies as they navigate an increasingly fraught landscape. So, my my actually my first thought was not the release of the uh, the original theatrical release. My thought was, are we going to get the 20th Century Fox fanfare back? Yeah, that was that was honestly my first thought too. Among of many first thoughts that I should have had, that was the first thing that popped in my head was, holy shit, we can get that fanfare back. But it would it would be interesting on a lot of levels for Disney if that happened because one. Laying aside the idea of you know an original uncut version of the the trilogy, it gets all those rights back under Disney's umbrella quicker than if they waited for them to expire. And in the case of the of you know Star Wars Episode Four, it never expires. Twentieth Century Fox mm-hmm. has those in perpetuity unless Disney buys the library. Uh, the other bit of synergy that would happen for Disney is obviously Fox has two major Marvel properties in terms of the movie rights, in terms of the X-Men franchise and the Fantastic Four franchise. And Marvel has and Marvel has been, you know, they're always coy about what their next phase of movies are going to be, but they've been they've been very especially coy about phase 4, which makes me think that this stuff was actually very serious and being looked at. And it makes me wonder that some of these expansion things that you hear Fox bandy about, like, oh, we're not going to do the Fantastic Four, but we're going to do a, a Doctor Doom movie. And we're looking at doing a you know, Gambit and these other spin-off X-Men things. Maybe those are all just to, to pump up the value a little so that Disney will pay top dollar for it. But I think the story was leaked to kind of test shareholder reaction to it. And shareholder reaction was actually pretty good. Uh, 20th Century Fox stocks went up 6%. Disney stock went up 1%. That's that's pretty good for a, a merger deal of that size. And I'm also guessing, this is pure rampant speculation on my part, it's stalled because they're actually waiting to see what happens with the, uh, the pending AT&T-Warner Brothers merger that's running into some, some bumps from the Department of Justice right now. I'm hoping... That one, that AT&T and Warner Brothers can get their shit worked out so that that thing can actually happen. But this thing coming together would make a lot of sense for Disney because it gives them that truly expanded library of old, old older films to maybe demand more from a, a subscription point for a streaming service. And they've very carefully structured it so that it's not running afoul of a lot of anti-regulatory stuff. Uh, they're deliberately leaving out the Fox networks because Disney already owns ABC. That would be a huge regulatory challenge. Uh, they're leaving out Fox News. They're, give, they're leaving stuff with 
Rupert Murdoch's Fox empire that are still moneymaker cash cows that would very easily derail this other thing. And let's be honest, movies are kind of going away to be perfectly candid about it. I was talking about this with a co-worker today. If you're not a big tentpole franchise thing anymore, you're not going to get into the theaters. I mean, just looking at that that top 20 list that we were talking about earlier this week of you know great sci-fi movies of the 1990s, you don't really see those independent, one-off, standalone movies anymore. You have to be this expansive franchise. And maybe Rupert Murdoch is looking at it and saying, you know what, movies are not where it's at. And in 15 years, movies and movie theaters might be dead, and it's time for me to, to get out now while the money is good. Yeah, and that's kind of my thought behind why they don't care about releasing future movies, because they need the tent poles and... You know, while Star Wars is extremely lucrative for them and will continue to be extremely lucrative for them, their number one cash cow is the Marvel franchise. And if you can have your Avengers versus X-Men movie, that's that's their that's their meal ticket. And and by the way, if they can make that happen, they have to bring Hugh Jackman and Chris Evans back just for an old man Logan and an old uh, Captain America confrontation. Mm hmm. So yeah. you you said a lot there, Dave, and I just that's, sorry. No, that's that's okay. That's a lot to unpack. But basically, what I heard halfway through was, uh, to summarize, because the president doesn't like CNN's coverage, uh, and <laughs> therefore he's blocking AT and T and Time Warner's merger. I may not get my 20th century fanfare back into Star Wars films again. I blame Trump. Yes, thank you, President Trump. Right. Asshole. Just to, reasonable. just to clarify, just want to make sure we're on the same page. Fucking orange-haired asshole. Son of a bitch. All right. Just checking. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth there, but that's kind of what I got out of what you said. Uh, you know, we, we, mentioned the, we mentioned the LA Times, and uh, they were in the news this week. Uh, very interesting story here. Um, there is a group of movie reviewers that is refusing to print reviews of The Last Jedi before it comes out. Uh, this is being reported here in the Washington Post. WAPO uh, reporting that they will not be reviewing The Last Jedi or any other Disney movie in advance. And the reason is that the LA Times did an expose on how Disney has dealt with the city of Anaheim and some of the concessions that they've been able to squeeze out of the city. And because the LA Times ran that report, Disney is not allowing certain uh, movie reviewers from the LA Times to preview their movies. And so they would those movie reviewers from the Times would be forced to uh, publish a review. Well, they would be forced to see the movie along with the rest of us and Joe Public, uh, and therefore publish the movie the next day or the day after. Um, and because of that, there are reviewers all over the country banding together saying, look, if you're going to not let LA times folks see the movie early, then we're not going to review your movie for you either. And that was uh, reported in the Washington post and many other outlets earlier, <clears throat> earlier this week, Disney essentially trying to censor the LA times and other print journalists coming to their defense. Curious to hear what you guys think about that one. Well, can I actually uh, throw an update in on this? Yeah, please. Okay, uh, it looks like the L.A. Times—I mean, sorry—Disney lost out on this. Um, Disney is calling off its fight with the L.A. Times. Oh. 
So there is an update to this article here. You can find it at the Chicago Tribune. Okay. Uh, there's some information out there that it looks like what these other reporters were uh, doing, banding together, worked. Uh, got them to actually back off on their, their threats. So uh, I don't have the whole story yet. I need to read more about it. But, yeah, that was about six days yeah. ago. And um, just two days ago is when the update happened. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I find it completely horrible that that's how Disney's going to handle their business. I mean, I know Disney's one of the biggest media conglomerates out there. But um, to do that kind of stuff is just – its I, I don't understand why they want to do it. I mean, even if people review the movies poorly, you're still going to get – millions if not billions of dollars out of a franchise like star wars or or whatever the the uh, the original issue was on this was it star wars was the one that brought it up la times well it was la times reviewing disney's okay. relationship with anaheim no oh, oh, oh yeah the city of anaheim right 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 yeah now i need to i need to go back and read what these allegations are but is it news that disney is strong-arming anaheim they've been doing that for for years i mean well, Greg, if you want to say... They've, they've gotten everything and more that they've wanted out of the city of Anaheim for the past 40 years. Well, probably longer than we've been alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if by years you mean 1955, then yeah, I guess you're right on that. Yeah. Well, I don't know that, you know, like I'm sure it was... I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because the 50s were an idyllic time and we should all go back and live in the 50s when life was great and America was wonderful. But uh, Fake news. <laughs> Fake <laughs> but, news. But I, I can imagine that it was a fairly mutually beneficial relationship for at least you know the first 10, maybe 15, 20 years. But you know, yeah, the entire time I've been alive, it's there's just you know, yeah, it, 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 it's it's the city of Disney in Anaheim, California. So it is. Yeah, uh, there is a great book out there if you ever want to read about that history, uh, Greg. If you haven't read this, it's called Mouse Tales. It's an amazing mm -hmm. yes, oh, great book, great great book. book. Um, but you're absolutely right. There is a moment where Disney basically took over the city, and there's some really interesting facts about that whole uh, corporation and how they handle their business there. There is an entire separate entity that runs that small little park that's basically its own city. They have their own uh, yeah. fire department. They have basically their own police force inside there. It's it's an amazing thing to see, and not, not in a good sense, like – it's kind of scary how much power they hold over that city. Well, the the rumor has always been that that the white glove of Mickey Mouse covers an iron fist. So, well, this is potentially the one drawback of having a huge corporation like Disney <laughs> own the franchise and the company. Frankly, that that we've grown to love. With I mean, uh, you know, when when it was a sort of a family owned company. I mean, it's named Lucasfilm for you millennials. It's named Lucasfilm for a reason. Mm -hmm. That is that George Lucas started the company. It was privately owned for uh, the better part of three or four decades and uh, sold to Disney in 2012. And Disney throws its weight around and doesn't always throw it around in a way that's you know ethical. Yeah. And so this is this was this was journalists stepping up to back each other up. Is it is it well leaving aside whether it's ethical or not for Disney to do it? Sure. It's what Disney did. In terms of trying to punish, you know, the LA Times movie reviewers, to me, it's like it's like going after NBC Sports and you know Sunday Night Football for something that NBC News reported on. It's two completely separate divisions with a literal Chinese wall between them. 
that just happen to be under the same distribution banner. I mean, the one the one has absolutely nothing to do with the other, and it's just stupid. I mean, if they if Disney's response was to turn around and say we're not talking to the business section anymore, it's still petulant and childish. But I at least get it. You're at least punishing the right group of people for their their quote unquote bad actions. Although, yes, I I don't disagree. Although, if you walk through the Disney park. You cannot look left or right without seeing something with Star Wars on it now. And I'm not complaining about that because I'm I'm a total Star Wars geek and I love it all. But Star Wars is all over that park and they're opening a new land, of course, Galaxy's Edge, that's all based around the movies. So I think the, the that wall that you're talking about is getting uh, – it's that line is becoming more well, and more blurred. Well, I'm at the I'll Chinese wall. I'm at the Chinese wall between the entertainment section of the LA Times and the business section of the LA Times. Not, not Star Wars. And I Disney. see. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Sorry, got I, it. I wasn't clear on that. That's my fault. No, that's okay. Yeah, that's that's an important distinction. But I, but Steve, to your point, I'll take it a step further and just I'll talk. You know, say that the popularity of the franchise has grown so much as well that you walk around Disney parks and you see more people wearing Star Wars paraphernalia, shirts, hats, what have you, than you see wearing actual. Disney paraphernalia. There's there's more Vaders than Mickey Mouses at that park right now. No doubt. By a long shot. No doubt about it. I have played the Count the Star Wars t-shirts game. And mm-hmm. in the first hour, gotten up to 50 and then kind of given up. It's like, you know, what's the point? Wow. Yeah. They're everywhere. And, you know, I was wearing one as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I have a closet full of them. Yes, sir. My wife says, you bought another Star Wars shirt? And I'm like, there's other kinds? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, interesting stuff, and we're going to have to watch this as it progresses. Disney putting their foot down in certain areas, and uh, it's it's an interesting time that we're living in, guys. Very interesting time in the Star Wars universe. I find it Mouse Tales is the name of that book, huh? Mouse, Mouse Tales? Mouse Tales yeah. is amazing. Great book. Great, great I'm book. Have, I'm going to have to check that out. I wonder if that's available on audible.com. I'm sure. There is a sequel to it. It's ah. not as good, but it, it just does some follow-up work. Scott. Yeah. You're totally messing with Steve's segue into our sponsorship thing. I do. I thought I thought he was going to talk about the sequel, Ducktales. Is what I was hoping he would talk Woo-hoo. about. Wait, wait, I thought that's Thank why. You. Wait a minute, <laughs> Dave. Isn't that why I was hired on to totally mess with Steve? Yeah. Isn't that what we it's talked not like about? Like you guys don't do it every week. Damn it! We haven't been paying you enough, then, my now. friend. We haven't been paying you enough. Well, <laughs> speaking of which, did somebody mention Audible.com? Audible.com. Audible.com is your number one source of audio books on the internet. And for you, listeners of the Wretched Eye podcast, Audible is offering this week only, like every other week. Yeah. A free, get, on, get on it. A free, <laughs> a free audiobook download. <laughs> With a free 30-day trial so that you can try out the service. And Audible.com provides outstanding service. You can download uh, Audible uh, audiobooks in just about any format for your iPhone, Android, as we say at the top of the show, Kindle, any other MP3 player you have. You can download it to your computer. You can burn it onto a CD, play it in the car. Any way you want to listen to an audiobook, Audible has you covered. Uh, so to get your free audiobook, all you have to do is this. It's very, very easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's audibletrial.com forward slash H-I-V-E and claim 
your free audio book. Check it out. You see, my friends here are a perfect example of the combined talents of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Ridiculous. We are influencing James Cameron. We are. I think we are. Eat a you-know-what, blue cats. Jesus, I would happily watch The Clone Wars on a repeating loop than have to watch True Detective Season 1 again. Festering pile of nonsense. I don't know how inebriated on a scale of 1 to however much these guys are I am tonight, but I'm getting there. Glenn Fry was the most egotistical jerk out of all of them. What an asshole. There's a good possibility what? that Nico is torquing a moonfish. There's a problem with our country, okay? And it's Chewbacca mom. That's the problem. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Can we just get back to the show, please? This is Anthony Pietromonico, and you're listening to the Wretched Hive Podcast. So, guys, we did have... A baseball event that occurred a couple of weeks ago. What? Yeah, it's called the Fall Classic. Say what? World Series. Oh my God. Yep. What's... Dodgers uh, won that, right? Didn't yes, the Dodgers the win? Dodgers Woo! won three games. Oh, Dodgers! In the Fall Classic, Woo! unfortunately, it wasn't enough uh, for our team, my beloved and our beloved Woo! Dodgers, lost Game Seven to the Houston Astros. Congratulations, Houston. Uh, we were sad to see the Dodgers lose. Woo! However. In the Star Wars universe, there was big news that came out of the World Series as, what was it, Game 1? Was it the first game that they slipped in that little trailer without telling anybody? Was it Game 1? We had a new Star Wars trailer that hit the airwaves. And uh, I think my head exploded when they showed in the trailer Luke Skywalker on the... In the cockpit, I should say. I almost said on the bridge. <laughs> what is this, Star Trek? Yeah. Wow. Uh, in the cockpit... I don't know that that was your head so much. It was <laughs> Ryan millennial. Johnson is what I think it was <laughs> on the millennium <laughs> Falcon. Uh, just a great moment. Uh, a lot of repeat stuff in that trailer, a few new things, but what stood out for me was Luke in the cockpit of the Falcon. It was like 1977 all over again. I cannot wait for this film. Super, super cool. Again, I can't express how sad I am that we don't have a reunion of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. I I agree so very 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 much. So sad about that. I get why I get I get narrative wise why you kill Han Solo in that moment, but man, you're really giving up on a a, a big big wish list yeah, thing for the yeah. fans out there. We would all shed we tears. Get the, uh, the... Big, big manly tears. The Hungarian family might actually come out of Greg's beard be, to, to watch that like, moment. Flooded. Uh, it would actually just look like sweat dripping down his beard, but it's actually tears from the Hungarian family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, since we're not getting Han Solo, I'm, I'm excited to see the Chewie and Luke reunion. We'll get a little Empire Strikes Back uh, Chewie hug action, so we're good. So my question to you yes. then, gentlemen, when Luke finds out about Han, his initial reaction, do you think that what he's learned on his little vacation is going to make him more calm or more angry about the situation? And trailers and scenes that I've seen, I think that he's giving in to his... Uh, emotions a bit and being that he never trained as a jedi as a child he didn't really quite learn to suppress emotions 
Do you think he's going to get real mad real quick, or do you think you he's know, just going to be sad? I'm on, the, I'm on the side that he's going to lose his shit, okay? I really want to see Luke just go off, man. Just like Return of the Jedi Luke. One of the great moments in Return of the Jedi is when he just flips it. That's what I want to see. Luke just, you know, I don't care if he takes out a couple porgs. I don't care what it is. He's going to chop off a porg <laughs> hand is what he's going to do. There's going to be a handless porg running around somewhere. <laughs> Well, here's hang on. Here's here's a serious question building on on that, Nico, because I think that's a great question. But do we think Luke? Is it possible that Luke already knows what happened to Han? I mean, if he is a the the Jedi Force Master that he is, would he perhaps have already sensed what happened to his old friend? I would think it's, he would have to have some connection there because, you know, there is the pres the precedence of Obi-Wan feeling the destruction of Alderaan, you know, and, and it's not like it's a direct force user, it's force user to force user, but uh, so I'm assuming that when the death of Han occurs, there's got to be something that happens yeah, for was, Luke because yeah. Leia feels it, you know, obviously yeah. he's got a stronger connection, but uh, Luke's connection yeah, is pretty strong also. Well, but think, if, if you think about it. Sorry, yeah, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. You go ahead, Dave. I think you're about to say what I was going to say. You you take it away. Oh, I was well. I was just going to say, even if Luke doesn't feel it directly for for Han, I, Leia clearly felt something. Wouldn't Luke just kind of at least feel what that Leia felt something me, and know that way? Maybe. This. Let me just. Let, let's... Did I get it wrong, Nico? Was I wrong? That's not quite what I was going to say. Well, let's. Okay, let's, I was wrong. Let's ramp this up a bit. <laughs> If Luke can feel that Han is dead with the powers of the Force, and Obi-Wan felt the power, or felt that, that presence when uh, uh, Alderaan was destroyed, you had seven planets that got annihilated by the First Order and Han Solo, mm -hmm. who technically was at some Do point think Luke's brother-in-law. So let's talk about, there's some serious Force shit going on here, and Luke's got to be completely clouded by something if he's not feeling that so there's there's gotta be something well yeah. do you do you think that with all seven of those planets having been destroyed that maybe that great outcry of many souls being lost do you think that luke might miss out on that singular moment of han in that wave of billions and billions, if not trillions, of beings on those seven planets that were destroyed. Good... So he might not know that it was Han. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. With that is the time of occurrence. The first, the planets get destroyed first. The singular moment of Han is a moment where. Here's where I think that connection might be stronger. It's the moment where Han's son kills him. And if Kylo, who was originally being taught by Luke, had a connection there, you're talking about two people that Luke had a major connection to in a completely traumatic situation. There's force powers being emitted everywhere right there. The power that Kylo's feeling about going to the dark side, I mean completely to the dark side, and then you have the feeling of Han, who had he, who Luke has a major connection to. I think that's that's a different thing altogether. You know what I think you're What's missing that? about that scene? Ray seeing it yes. and going ballistic, 
how do you think her emotions and her force presence would affect that kind of a thing too? Or do you think she might be some sort of emotional beacon, just blasting Nico, into oblivion so... when that happens? And the I fact that it's you... Luke's oh, daughter you took it right out of my mouth, that's man. <laughs> <laughs> See, but the emotional connection, just because it's, if they are, you know, parental, whatever, they're not, she's a clone. Um, even if that's true, she didn't have, like, she wouldn't have known that it was her dad at that moment. So th I, I think it would be less of a, my dad just died, and more of just uh, that connection that she had from meeting well, him on the ship. Luke's goddaughter gets upset doesn't mean no um are we confused seriously adam driver all but gives it away and you're well, still on this right into that thank you again dave for pimping my stories adam oh my driver God. and gq did he get what boy possible spoiler yeah. alert here for people just just as a heads clip. up i need to I, i'll i'll all right. I, I need to build one uh because we're getting too close now um <laughs> so this is uh, in GQ magazine. Adam Driver, of course, Kylo Ren, um, uh, with an interview that was extremely revealing. And I'm just gonna pull out the one quote that everybody has uh, that has everyone buzzing in the Star Wars universe. This is Adam Driver quote: "You have also the hidden identity of this princess. We assume referring to Rey." Who's hiding who she really is so she can survive. And Kylo Ren and her hiding behind these artifices, Driver says. So let's break that down for a second. Because when I read that the first time, I thought, of course, oh, the guys are going to give me hell. Because they're going to think this means that, you know, she's a Skywalker. I'm sorry, we're going to think this means? You think there's <laughs> other princesses in the universe other than princesses from Alderaan? Have we been introduced to other princesses? Steve, doesn't mean anything. Steve, oh, yeah. Steve is sorry, completely Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. He's just all, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so she's a... Sorry. <laughs> just forgot about Princess Ariel. We forgot about Princess Belle, so, Princess Jasmine, all the other so, usual suspects. So your suggestion is that Kylo and her are brother-sister. Twins. That's what I'm going to assume that you are assuming in your in your ignorance. Okay. Yes. All right. So here's something I'm just going to throw out for you real quick because it's a to jump back to something that happened on a podcast yeah. several episodes ago. I reviewed you know one of the many canon books that I do for the show from time to time, and that book covered the birth of Kylo Ren, and I talked about how it it very specifically didn't didn't go into the actual details and talked about how it was all shrouded in myth and mystery and maybe this happened, maybe that happened, maybe Luke was there, maybe not, but it very carefully never talked about, like, the actual event, who was there, and how many and babies that were was, born. that detail was not highlighted in the book. They didn't say, let's not talk about this, or some character said, no, we can't share that. That's Dave inferring that out of the book, correct? No. No, do you want me to? Do you want me to go get the fucking book and read it to you? <laughs> a dramatic reading right well, now, guys. Come on, let's the do first it. Time that somebody's had to read something to me to prove it. <laughs> um, okay, so it says in the book that the details are shrouded in mystery. They're shrouded in mystery and myth. All right. Okay, go on. Fine. I'll concede the point. 
Go on. No, I'm just I'm just saying it's it's in canon. Oh, it's in God. canon. They oh so casually slipped it in, in a shitty Chuck <laughs> Wendig book, like nobody's gonna pay attention to it. That we don't actually know for sure if Ben Solo was a solo birth. Okay. All right. Well, then we don't know for sure. So wait, Dave, are you saying that that he's adopted? No, no, no. <laughs> sorry, no. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying sometimes Nico, a man and a woman love each other they very get really much. Close. Actually, I, take, I take that back. They don't. I take that back. They don't need to be in love. Yeah. Love has nothing okay. to do with it at all. <laughs> <This is> so... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so, so if that's the case, huh. let's just concede the point for a minute. If that's the case, how does Kylo not see that in her when he's interrogating her in The Force Awakens? So in The Force Awakens, there is this scene where they talk about how the droid is now in a possession of a girl and Kylo, Kylo Ren has this emo freakout and like Force pulls the guy to him. It's like, what girl like clearly he's keyed in on the idea that there's a girl running around that he should be interested in well he's never had sex so he's a little uh, he's a little hard up for something with hair like with hair like that i'm pretty sure he's gotten Ooh. laid at least once i in think his life. him and phasma at least once come on the bro. only the i was gonna say the only chick on that base is phasma she's a little <laughs> i'm just saying you know hey what does that mean i don't know what that means I don't either what does that mean are you saying are you saying are you saying she's never polished his helmet or what are you That's saying? A lot of chrome to I mean, she does have a chrome dome. Let's Hello. I just like that Gray got all Benny Hill on us. What what just happened? So there? the the driver quote uh the hidden identity of this princess who's hiding who she really is. So that's that's the part of the quote that interested me the most that this whole facade that that she's putting on uh a facade to suggest that she doesn't know who she is, that she's waiting for her family to come back, that she, you know, that she needs help unraveling this mystery of who she is. This is suggesting no, she knows who she is and she's hiding it. So again, she's the new Jar Jar. Just, just to reiterate, just to reiterate, Steve no. coming in, coming in last place with <laughs> team Kenobi. Um, <laughs> Uh, Nico, I'm not quite sure, but Team Clone, Team Clone Skywalker, I'm I'm Team Straight Up Skywalker. Scott, I believe when we last spoke, you were Team Solo Skywalker, and Dave, I'm not sure where you stood. I was not Team Solo Skywalker. I was Team, you know, Luke Skywalker, Skywalker. Okay. So yeah, that's that's what I was going to. So it's Team yeah. Straight Up Skywalker. Nico's Clone Skywalker. Scott is Solo Skywalker. And Steve is just wrong. So, so in that, so in that, in the Solo Skywalker, they're twins. Right. Wow. Right. In the in the straight yes. up Skywalker, she's Luke's daughter. Yes. Not twins. Yes. So. Yes. yes. Okay. So then, Dave, your theory about that they're not talking about that it could have been twins birthed. Where does that leave if if it's a Solo Skywalker situation? Then that's just irrelevant. How are you coming to the conclusion? No, who's who's Solo Skywalker? Greg? I am. I am. Oh, so Scott how are you coming to that Scott conclusion is. based on Dave's? I was really confused Math there for hard. a minute. Math is hard. Um, 
No, I actually agree with what Dave's saying, and, and that's interesting or a fascinating piece of the, the actual canon. That's why I, I'm kind of leaning that way. I was on board with the Skywalker Skywalker, mm. but now, I mean, with this... Oh, you're shifting. Yeah, oh, I shifted uh, when? Three episodes ago? Got it. Yeah, so a few episodes I back, yeah. I this feeling that there was... And this is before a lot of this evidence was really kind of presented, and uh, Mr. Adam Driver presented us this nice tweet... Or, or, or interview with, uh, uh, what was it, GQ? Um, I really felt like the thing that I noticed the most about The Force Awakens is how much they lifted so much from A New Hope that the idea of having that mimic, the idea of twins again in the saga, you know, why, why not? Why not go with that? And it is such a mystery. There were little hints here and there. The ship that's leaving in those little flashback sequences were Luke's ship from the expanded universe which i know is not canon anymore but mm. it's too weird that they're using a ship very similar that he used to use in a lot of the, the uh, expanded universe comics and whatnot so there's just so many little things that kind of you know maybe luke is helping hide the twins much like luke was hidden originally in rogue one or i'm sorry uh, episode three and, and uh a new Hope. episode three so is that a euphemism for something hiding the twins? I mean, is that a euphemism? Because it really sounds like one. We didn't really talk about that. On this. <laughs> it is, but that's not where he was going with it. No. Well, Steve, if it makes you happier, once it is revealed that Luke is the father, um, since he has spent the past twenty years on Octu, it's the only possibility for the mother is a porg. So I wonder there you why go. she's so cute. Wow. Oh damn. <laughs> I was going to say another another possible clue to it is the it, it seems like just a bit of extraneous dialogue at the beginning of the Force Awakens where you have that guy mm-hmm. reference you know the guy who's giving uh, Poe the the last piece of the map to Luke you know but to me she is still royalty and it's the only time in the Force Awakens that she that Leia is referred to as a princess every other time mm-hmm. she's referred to as general so a princess in hiding could only have been born from royalty. And it's just a little quick reminder, Leia is is royalty. All right. Yeah. Leia is Rey's Strong. mother. Strong. So you're so are you you're switching allegiance to Solo Skywalker is what you're doing now. I'm I'm with Ad, Adam's little drop of that it makes me look at all these other things and say, Okay, maybe the pattern connects over here this way. That that would fit in perfectly with everything that he's saying. Well, if I am right about this, it would be the first time, so I'm going with Team Skywalker. Dave, welcome to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we did have one last uh, Star Wars news story here that we want to make sure we cover. Uh, Star Wars costume designer John Molo passed away this past week. He was 86 uh, years of age. He uh, passed away on October 25th. John was the one that took... Ralph McQuarrie sketches and made them a reality with the costumes. He built the original Darth Vader helmet and chest piece. He won an Academy Award in for his work on Star Wars in uh, for the 1978 Academy Awards, and uh, was a real a critical part of the early development of Star Wars. So, I wanted to mention John Mullo, uh, costume designer for the original trilogy, passed away at uh, 86. And by all accounts, a good guy. You know, it's just, yeah, it just, you know, the, the iconic 
costumes that have stood the test of time as something that is just completely recognizable. And, you know, and, and even people who aren't Star Wars fans know who Darth Vader is. It's just one of those things that's in the lexicon of everybody's knowledge. And, and you know, and this guy helped bring it to life. So he's got a legacy that lives on forever. No doubt. No doubt about it. And that award was richly deserved because I can't imagine that there weren't a lot of costume designers who would have just run screaming from the room looking at Ralph McQuarrie's sketches and trying to envision a way to make that a reality. Did he do the white Boba Fett costume? The Ooh, like, great question. looking one? Because that was an question. awesome I'm costume. I'm going to say yes on that because that costume was designed, I think, around... It was prior to Empire Strikes Back, so... Uh... That's a great, great question, Nico. Right around the yeah. time of the holiday yeah, special? because it, yeah. it might have been before that. It might have actually been in the production of be. Star Wars. Had to be. <laughs> Had to be before what, that. Holiday special? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. right. Boba Fett's in the holiday special. What a, what, what a, <laughs> it's the first time we see him, and he's not white. Okay, Why do you I'm... have to bring race into everything? <laughs> Yeah, I, I got you, Greg. <laughs> what am I there? Uh, yes. You said you said it might have been before the holiday special. No, definitely before the holiday kind, special. Kind of had to be. Joe Johnston's original sketches came out prior to that, but the actual Boba Fett that's in the holiday special isn't exactly the one that we see in The Empire Strikes Back. There is there is. There are changes that have occurred to that outfit. He's very yellow. Isn't yeah. he? He's got a lot of yellow on him in that in the animated version. He's blue and yellow and other colors. So most likely it it came out around the production of Star Wars. Joe Johnston was writing up sketches for a new character, hmm. uh, a modified stormtrooper, if I believe, if, if that if I remember correctly. All right. Well, guys, designed by Joe Johnston and Norman Reynolds built the first armor oh wow norman reynolds bert's long lost brother norman guys i know you've spent a lot of time in the last few weeks to wrap up the news here guys i know you spent a lot of time thinking to yourself what am i going to get steve for christmas a porg clearly uh, i've already got the ultimate porg hello i have a 15 pound stuffed pork right here <laughs> Yeah, you, you you might need one without the bodily fluids on it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I need is a gift card for some dry cleaning because... No. Um, <laughs> so good news. Remember last week we talked about the the new Star Wars vacuums that are coming out. What? <laughs> Clearly you don't remember. Samsung is developing Scott wasn't a, here. Uh, a Star Wars line of vacuums. And uh, one is quite expensive. It's controlled remotely, um, and it's sort of one of those like Rumba vacuums that you know learns your floor plan. That's eight hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. But the good news: a Rumba is, vacuum, yep. a Cha Cha vacuum, yep. a Charleston vacuum. <laughs> but the good news is a Nene vacuum. <laughs> the good news is they're they're offering a twelve month installment plan. You can actually oh, thank you can God. actually make payments. On the Samsung vacuum, guys. So uh, Mashable.com, there's a 12-month installment plan for those Star Wars PowerBot vacuums. Worry no more about how you're going to afford Steve's Christmas present this year, guys. You can just finance it for free. Spread it out over 12 easy payments. 
I will get that for you just as soon as I finish paying off my Millennium Falcon that I've ordered one payment at a time for the next two years. <laughs> I actually want to get that. That thing is really cool. <laughs> Did you look it up? Did I, I sent you the link, didn't uh, I? I looked at it, but yeah, it's not going to happen anytime soon for old Steve. It's uh, pretty expensive. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. You well, order, you, they send you like piece by piece and you assemble it over the course of like a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Two years. As much as I want a, a, a Star Wars themed vacuum, it's just not good enough if it's not the actual Death Star mouse droid. That's what I want vacuuming mm. my house. <laughs> I want the Spaceballs vacuum is what I want, actually. That's what I want. <laughs> the whole ship that turns into the vacuum cleaner? Nice. I wonder if that Star Wars vacuum... Um, Mega I wonder made. if it sucks more than Episode 2. <laughs> there you go. It's the Where's Star Wars Wars Come on! of the week! Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I wonder if it sucks more than Episode 2. There, Thank now you. that's funny. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Yahoo! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what do you got for us this week? Guys... Dad joke on Solo is the shiz it, if I can say so myself. And they're killing it right now. So I got a question for all of you. Are you ready? We're ready. What is R2-D2 short for? I don't know. What is R2-D2 short for? <laughs> I don't know either. I think they just built him with tiny legs. But um <laughs> God. <laughs> That might be the worst one ever. I'm not. I don't know. Oh my! <laughs> it's up there. That's the worst dad joke ever. Oh, they built him with tiny legs, guys. Tiny legs. <laughs> is out on an island more me with uh, the ray kenobi or you with that last uh, joke i think probably me actually <laughs> i'm flying solo literally on that one flying Kenobi. yeah well guys if you would like to share a bad joke with us that we can read on the air please send it our way you can leave a message for us on the Wretched Hive hotline at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. You can also find us at our home on the internet. That's www.thewretchedhive.net. Check us out on Facebook. We're at facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. On Twitter at Wretched Hive Pod. You can email us, wretchedhive at yahoo.com. You can find us on Podbean. We're working on uh, getting some other platforms going as well, but for now, Podbean is your source, along with iTunes. That's wretchedhive.podbean.com. Or maybe the best way to find us online, if you're an Apple person especially, go to iTunes. Bring up your your podcast feed there on iTunes. Search for The Wretched Hive Podcast. We're the first one that comes up. Check it out. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Those reviews really help us a lot, so please do leave a review. Five stars reviews are great, but 
We'll take one star, any number of stars. We don't care. We just want to connect with you listeners of the Wretched High Podcast. And guys, episode 49 is in the books. Any final thoughts? We made it to 50, guys. It's time for a best of. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So next week is, uh, well, the next time we publish will be Thanksgiving week. I will be traveling. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. we are sneaking onto the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I will be in London. We'll see what I can see there. But uh, we're out of commission in terms of a show recording that week. So hopefully we can put a a best of together, Scott. Working on that. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, have a fantastic week. May the force be with us all. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Always happy Thanksgiving. Thunderlips!